0: Hello, everybody. It is time for another episode of Church Talks. Thank you guys for showing up again. Uh, today's guest is my friend Yolanda Leftwich. And like so many of my friends, we met randomly and suddenly, instantly became friends and have been friends for a few years now. And she's a great speaker. And she's she's independent. She's intelligent. Uh, fierce. Just... All all of these things, I have a lot of qualities that I could share about her, but I think you're going to to hear a lot of those in the episode. Uh, You're going to hear us tackle some potentially controversial topics, which I think more people need to have those with friends that it's okay to share your opinion and not feel like you have to be right or wrong. Uh, Everybody needs more friends like Yolanda. So enjoy this episode of Church Talks. Thank you so much for being on this podcast. Thank you for having me. You are one of my favorite people. I have a lot of favorites, so <laughs> let's be honest, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, no, seriously, you're one of my favorite people. And I'm so glad that you are now back to living closer to me because you were kind of close, like not super close, but like an hour. And then you were like lots of hours, Correct. like, like lots of hours. And now you're back to like less than an hour. So I still don't get to see you as much as I would like, but I am going to see you on Friday and we're going to go throw some axes and Mm -hmm. try to not chop our toes off. Correct. It's going to be so Um, much fun. It's going to be so much fun. And fun fact, I only have half of one of my big toes. So I could just chop off the other one and make them even.
1: Oh my gosh. Let's try that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah. For any of the pod squatters that are listening that don't know that fun fact about me, there you go. Mm-hmm. We'll quiz you later. You're right. right. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this is Yolanda Leftwich.
1: Nice to meet what you. What oh, a team. dope thanks. name. <laughs> Thank you. I'm starting to like it a little bit more. Growing up, um, I did not like it because it did not fit on the name line.
0: Oh, my gosh. It ain't <laughs> that long of a name.
1: It was too long for kindergarten, I'll tell you that much. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and the, you know, there's, there's some consonants in your name that are not common.
1: Mm-mm, at all. Like,
0: a lot of people don't have Ys and, and, and Ws in their name, and you've got both. Yeah. Congratulations.
1: I should take it as me being a little unique, so thank you for that. What's
0: your middle name?
1: Do
0: it's I know De- that? No, it's okay. uh, it's Denise. It's Denise, Mm -hmm. Yolanda Denise Leftwich. Man, like, I'm just putting all your name out here Mm -hmm. for all of our two listeners to know. (laughs) (laughs) I hope I have a little more than two. Um, But yeah, well, Yolanda, I don't want you to give too much about yourself because I've already given probably too much for people to know, like, your government name and whatnot. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But I want to know three facts about you right now. Go.
1: Okay, I do hand embroidery. i have a cute little um, small business called the Minimal Stitch. I, the
0: Minimal um, Stitch. Yes. I am a recipient of your work. <laughs> yes. I sure am.
1: I um, enjoy running, but not long for long distances. But just running enough for like the mental clarity, but not too much for the shin splits mm, mm-hmm. um, And lastly, I have a addiction to boots boots yes i love boots
0: b-o-o-t-s boots mm-hmm. like you talk about like the early 2000s timberland boots that you didn't tie and when you're walking <laughs> through you like let them clunk or you talk about like leather boots up to your knees or you talk about like uggs or uh, like the sperry like you know winter boots or are you talking about like hiking like Okay, define, what you mean by boots? Okay,
1: so I love pointed toe boots. I have like a snakeskin pair. I have a couple pairs of Doc Martens, one pair of cowgirl boots. And that's going to be something that I definitely invest in because they are coyote. And then oh. a couple, I'm really keen on black boots. Like I need a pointed toe. I need a round toe. I need an almond toe. I need like a thick heel. I need a stiletto heel. I don't, I'm telling you. Oh my God. It's bad. And- <laughs> <laughs> like, my, my mom and my sisters are like, do you really just need, do you need that many pairs of black boots? I'm like, yes, for different occasions. Like, if I'm trying to go to a formal event, I'm not going to wear my chunky boot with the chunky heel. I'm going to wear my stiletto. A
0: chunky yes. boot. Mm-hmm. Okay, hold up. You said something about an almond toe? Yeah, like a round toe. I, well, no, no, because you said pointy toe, round toe, and almond toe. That's something separate so almond toe
1: it's a little bit more narrow than like a round toe
0: okay mhm <laughs> there's levels <laughs> I'm, i don't know that i own a single pair of boots so i'm just like <laughs> I'm like blown away by this whole conversation uh okay I, I just had a really good like schooling lesson on boots oh yeah um all right did i interrupt you was that was that two or was that your third um, that
1: was my third one. The first one, I have the embroidery stuff that I love. Second, yeah. I guess second was boots. Oh, second was running.
0: Oh, yeah, the running. God, I like to wrong.
1: run. <laughs> What's wrong with to clarity. <laughs> <laughs> like, who hurt you? <laughs> and then the what? third was the boots. So, yeah, I
0: think we got all three there. Okay. Well, there's three fun facts. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I... I don't even, I feel like somewhere in the last few years, I have somewhat forgotten like how we became friends. I know that we became friends instantly and randomly Mm -hmm. at a worship night in Winston. Yes. And um, somehow, however many years later, I don't know, was that, was that, 20, like, what was that, 17? Oh my gosh. 18? 19? I don't know. It was 19. Oh my gosh, Okay. So it wasn't even that long Actually, ago. Maybe it was 18, 2018. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I, I think I remember it being like maybe rainy or cold.
1: Yeah, it was both. I and
0: think. yeah. And um, we were in some really weird basement. Like it was kind of sketch, but um, you know, a lot of people that are, are Jesus loving people, um, they meet in really sketchy places. That's so, true. So <laughs> <laughs> especially the real deal ones. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, let's just talk about that. The the fastest growing uh, church and body of believers right now is in China. And um, I think maybe Afghanistan and like the Iran area is like a close second. They might have even surpassed it. And they're having to meet in some pretty sketchy underground places. Oh, yeah. So that's that's pretty legit. I'm not at all comparing ourselves to them because they are risking their lives. Mm -hmm. And we were just um, risking like heat and air conditioning,
1: exactly,
0: and that's terrible. Right. We're so spoiled. We really are. God, it's terrible. Like I have to give myself a reality check on the on the regular of how spoiled we are. Mm. Oh, okay. I know
1: it's
0: crazy. Are you spoiled? Um, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, like okay, wait, let's like let's make that more like politically correct. Are you privileged? <laughs> like, were you born into a like a a, a Decent, like well-off family, and had like decent education and clothes that weren't dirty and all. Like, are are we are we privileged? Because I didn't think I was privileged. I thought I was dirt poor, and then I realized like I was actually pretty privileged growing up.
1: Mm-hmm. I would, I mean, now looking back, I definitely say that I I was more privileged. Like, we grew up, me and my two sisters grew up in a middle class um, subdivision. We had a very diverse community that we grew up in. I mean, we had all different races, all different nationalities. Like our next door neighbor was white. Our across the street neighbor neighbor was um, a Filipino lady and a white man. Down the street, we had an Indian couple. So, and then two doors down, we had a couple that was from Ghana, Africa. So what? yeah, it was like a nice little melting pot of people. So that's how I grew up. And my, my friend group was diverse. The school that I went to was diverse. Mm. um so I feel like it really set a good stage for me growing up just being able to communicate with all different types of people for sure man Mm -hmm.
0: well I didn't even know that but that makes so much sense as to like how I know you now and how you know not not to say that you're like a chameleon and you just you know just fit and blend in wherever you go but like you seriously can can have a conversation with so many different people Mm -hmm. um of all different categories and whatever it is. And so that makes sense because like you grew up in an environment where, I mean, it was, it was everybody or nobody. Right. (laughs) Like lots of cultures and colors and and customs. And that's awesome. Yeah. What do you, what do you think you benefited? Like, how do you think you benefited from that most right now? Oh,
1: I mean, for me, honestly, like, because that was my life growing up, I, I crave, diversity like I want to know about how you grew up I want to know about your culture I'm a foodie I want to eat your food Mm, mm -hmm. (laughs) teach me how to make that um it just (laughs) brings me back to when I was in fifth grade and we just moved to Concord North Carolina my now best friend we've been friends for over 18 years now um so she is lived across the street from my parents and she's half Filipino half white and she came over and was like hey you know This is my name. I don't know if I want to share that with with everybody right now to kind of keep her privacy at bay for the moment. But she came over and she was like, hey, you know, just want to introduce myself. Like, I live right across the street. Here's a welcome basket. And I didn't, I mean, a welcome basket. Like, I just, it kind of set the precedent for me for, like, what what your neighbors are supposed to do for you or kind of how Mm. they can be your friends. And, like, I, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: my neighbors you know, from growing up. I'm friends with them on Facebook. Like we send Christmas cards to each other. They are my family. And so I'm glad that I was introduced to that at such a young age. And now like in my life, like I said, I crave diversity. Like I want to know more about other people and like, I'm not afraid of it. I know sometimes when you're around people that look like you for so long, you can draw any type of conclusions and then biases can come out and all of these things. But if you don't, you will never know what other people are like unless you talk to them and Mm -hmm. it takes vulnerability on your part. It takes vulnerability on their part, but somebody has to make the first move and it's always
0: worth it. Always. Mm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Go ahead. I'm just going to like, let that sizzle for a second.
1: (laughs) It's really nice. I wish that we could go back to having just, fellowship you know breaking bread with people i'm i'm sitting at my dining room table right now and looking at the chair in front of me and i'm like i just i i wish somebody was there
0: you know that yeah that's so funny i'm i'm sitting on my back deck right now because this is a, a an ironically weird like very mild evening <laughs> in february in north carolina <laughs> and i'm just like looking up at the stars so it's really nice but i'm also at a table staring at a chair that is empty and most of the time I do record podcasts with somebody in person. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just not feasible for all of them. And so we're having to do this one virtually. Right. But same thing. Like I just, I, I crave like connection with people and, and conversations that are not just small talk, chatting, whatever, but like meaningful, deep, significant conversation. Yes. And I love that you and I can have that. We talked on the phone for, I don't know, an hour Mm -hmm. before we decided to record this podcast (laughs) and literally I mean we were we talked about a whole host of things Mm -hmm. um you know we we laughed like laughter until we cried and you said pinky promise and I thought you said weeping prophets (laughs) (laughs) we sent each other pictures um that sounded awkward not appropriate pictures right um, even while we were talking because we weren't facetiming although we could have we definitely we, why didn't we do that <laughs> i don't know man you called me though so you could have facetimed me right it's so me but um but you would have you would have you know i don't know you said you was like on the couch watching um uh, sweet wasn't it? sweet sweet magnolia yeah so you probably didn't want to be seen in your little like cuddle up on the couch whatever <laughs> although when i facetimed you the last time i think you were like shampooing your hair yes <laughs> i
1: was i was in the middle that was so funny yes i was at my complete worst and since we're really good friends i let you see i let you see. You just answered
0: like it i sure did i know you could have rejected it. you could have hit that red x but <laughs> you you hit that green check mm-hmm. i think that's what it is is it a check mark I think so. I don't know. I think it is a check. Man, I'm so glad that you hit the green check on me. Mm-hmm. There are people that I'm sure you have hit that red X on.
1: Yes, gladly. <laughs> <laughs> and
0: green. probably probably more so here recently because you and I both have um, been learning this lovely B word called boundaries. <sighs> yes. We're still learning it. We ain't mastered it, I don't think, by any means. What? But learning, learning that some people deserve a green check, mm-hmm. other people deserve a red X. Correct. And it's okay to use the red X. It is.
1: You've got to protect your peace at all costs because, I mean, you've got to know when to push, when to pull with people. And part mm-hmm. of when to push and when to pull is who is going to bring you peace and who's going to disrupt that peace. Mm-hmm. That's the filter that I use with anything in my life, especially friendships at at where I'm at right now in my life, I need to protect my peace at all costs. And I really do feel like my true friends understand that and they don't take it as, oh, you know, like we've been trying to get together for the last six weeks and we can't. It's just like, hey, you know, I'm having a rough day or I'm having a rough week or I'm just not in the mental space. I don't have enough mental capacity to, you know, handle said conversation or whatever hangout that's coming up in the near future. And that's Okay. It's life and I mean I think that's part of keeping yourself healthy mentally for sure is to make sure you maintain establish those boundaries for one but also uphold them because it's one thing to write them down on paper but what are you going to do when you're pressed up against a wall and you're trying to make a decision Mm.
0: yeah like I I literally I I don't know if I'm like feeling like my toes are being stepped on but I asked you earlier about recording a podcast and you literally you told me no Mm -hmm. like Cause you said, you were like, I'm just, I'm just not in in the right headspace for that. And, and I didn't push it. Right. I was just like, you know, what's going on? You want to talk? And that's when you called me and an hour into the conversation, I'm like, dude, you are totally, (laughs) you are totally in a headspace for this, but I I still gave you an opportunity to say no. And, you know, and, and so you, you made the choice. You were like, let's do it. Yeah. I love that. Cause you could have said no still and it would have been all right. Mm Hmm. I was almost even like talking you into saying no again. (laughs) I was using all kinds of reverse psychology. I don't know what I was doing. I'm so glad I said yes. Because sometimes what I've been
1: noticing is that even, even when you have that boundary, and it wasn't a boundary with you today by any means whatsoever. It was just us being friends, talking about where I was with my headspace and things like that. And you, of course, respecting that boundary like you always do. And I'm so grateful for that. The reason why we're such great friends.
0: (laughs) Appreciate you. Um,
1: But sometimes you gotta push through it, to be honest. And I don't feel like my peace was at stake. And I'm like, now we're Mm -hmm. here recording a podcast, and who knows who it's gonna help. I mean, it's already helping me right now. And um, like, I mean, my my mind's getting clear, and I'm so
0: excited that we're doing this. Mm. So yeah, so for you know, for all of my two listeners that uh are (laughs) listening to this right now, (laughs) like I really it, and it's funny though because sometimes I mean, and I, I, I just started this podcast during the pandemic because I mean I had been wanting to do it for years and just kept putting it off and said yeah. I didn't have time. And I'm like, well, during the pandemic we had nothing, nothing but time for nothing a long but time. time. Um, yeah, but it has been really cool to see how this podcast has like helped people. Yeah, and that's it's very few weeks, if any, that I don't get some kind of something. From either on social media or in person, where they're like, you know, I listen to your podcast. I, I've I've gone in places where I've not ever met this person. From Susan met Derek. I don't even know what <laughs> those names. I just pulled them straight out of the spring and sky. Um, <laughs> and they're just like, you know, that it has it has helped me. I enjoy listening to your episodes. And I'm thinking it's just me and my friends having a conversation. Yeah. And and yet people love to eavesdrop on other people's conversations Mm -hmm. whether invited or not and so this is actually a conversation that we invite people to drop some eaves on you know (laughs) what i'm saying (laughs) i get it and i love it yeah i actually believe that 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 these conversations are so beneficial not only for me and you but for anybody else that actually chooses to hit play and to listen to this so for everybody listening, you are welcome. <laughs> you are so welcome. Um, all right, so I don't know where where you want to shift gears to. Excuse me. Let me let me grammatically fix that. To where would you like to shift gears? <laughs> don't ever end a sentence with a preposition. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I mean, we were talking
1: about how you started this over the pandemic. Yeah. and um you just kind of did it so what like advice would you give to people that are kind of standing on the cusp of should I start something new
0: hold, hold up hold up who just turned into the host here yeah it was definitely me I'm <laughs> uh, oh, sorry I'm pretty sure this is church talks not Yolanda talks <laughs> 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 okay sorry okay no you're fine you can to- definitely totally ask me a question turned
1: into the alpha uh, you, there, and I- you sh-
0: Look, there can't be two alpha females, and this is mine, so back no down, I'm gonna woman. I'm going to take a back seat. I'm going to go ahead and be beta. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, no, so what advice would I give to somebody who is, and I interrupted you after that because I am so rude. What did you say? you are fine.
1: Um, what advice would you give to somebody that's kind of standing on the cusp, like one foot's in trying something new and the other, the other foot is kind of stepped in or kind of still rooted in, like, fear or anxiety and kind of questioning whether they should step into whatever it is that they think that they want to do.
0: Holy moly. Um, Well, I feel like I am that person.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) So I can, I can talk to myself because I mean, this is one thing that I, you know, had just debated on doing for years. And even like, I mean, I don't even know that podcasting was a thing like a few years ago, but I just, I loved the idea of, um, you know, just, just having conversations with people that didn't have to be through video. Like, mm-hmm. that you could just hear them, you know, whatever it was. So, um, man. And, and that, like, I've just, I've been learning so much in my therapy sessions of, I I am a, like, I'm a what if person. Mm-hmm. And I would say, like, n- It's a strong, like 75, 80, maybe 85% that my what if goes to the negative. Okay. Well, what if this goes wrong? What if this happens? And it's like worst case scenario. And she's always so quick to like catch me and be like, well, what if it's amazing? Oh, wow. Like, like what if it helps one person? Mm -hmm. What if your decision... To do something that's risky and scary and that may cost you whatever it is if it's your if it's just your your comfortability your convenience whatever like what if it helps somebody like wow is, is it is it worth you doing something that it might might be like weird or awkward or scary, and it's like what answer do I give other than like of course it's worth it hmm
1: right and
0: so yeah. So like I guess my answer to that would be like if 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 someone is on the cusp of wanting to do something but still dealing with that fear and anxiety and you're weighing out the what ifs, then switch it to like what if this is absolutely incredible. Yeah. And if it's not incredible, what if what if it's just good? Mm-hmm. <laughs> good is better than awful. That's true. <laughs> you know, if we're gonna like weigh out stuff, so yeah. Man, what's, what's a risk that you've taken recently that you feel like was a, a worthy risk?
1: Um, well, I quit my job. <laughs> um, I feel like that's okay. a very millennial thing to say. And even saying it, I'm kind of already thinking like, well, why would I ever say that? You know, I'm already having that anxiety build up inside of me. But I did that because I know that I was in a position where I wanted to run, but I was forced to crawl.
0: Mm.
1: And I had to do that for whatever God has next for me. Mm -hmm. And I think that it is okay to quit any job that you are at. Just do it gracefully. And Mm -hmm. remember that you don't want to burn bridges because you never know when you might need those people. Um, at the the job that you were at, so that's definitely something that I didn't super risky because I'm a numbers person. I do things that make sense, mm-hmm. and that didn't make sense. And so I'm I took that step, knowing internally that it didn't make any sense to me, but believing that it was what the Lord wanted me to do for what's next in my future.
0: Okay, and that's hard. Uh huh. It's very difficult. So, well. I would say that's a worthy risk and I think that was again like that gets back to boundaries because you realize that what you were doing mm-hmm. and how they saw you or valued you as a as basically <laughs> like saying what they paid you because that's what they're seeing like you worth that it wasn't it, it wasn't paying your bills and so like you were able to see I, I can't do this and still pay my bills and still live like comfortably And so you stepped away because you knew like, okay, there's something else that I can do. And you are so overqualified. It's ridiculous. I mean, you've you've had some pretty, some pretty amazing jobs. And uh, yeah, and you can I mean, you could do like you can hustle. You can make money and you can work hard and you can do whatever. And I appreciate that about you
1: well thank you i I do appreciate you saying that it's it's definitely refreshing and I'm grateful, like you mentioned for like the positions that I've had in the past and I'm grateful that I have been able to leverage the um the network of people that you know I've met throughout my endeavors mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a good, nice little word to say there, I guess. <laughs>
0: Because we are so educated, and we use big words like endeavors. Oh my
1: gosh, I know, right? I feel like I'm like taking my LSAT again or something. Ugh. <laughs> so
0: you know, I'm
1: I'm excited for the future. I don't exactly know. Ex- I don't have all of it planned out, but I'm just excited for it.
0: Man, what's what's wrong with you? Because everybody else has it planned out. Like what? I mean, I've got my future planned out. What you talking?
1: <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, Instagram
0: tells me that everybody has their future planned out. So I'm just going
1: go to Instagram real quick.
0: Yes, get please, girl. <laughs> I was going to say, get you, get you some reels, get you some TikToks, make everybody follow you, become an influencer. Like you, you got it going on. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, let me tell you, I have not heard the statement that you just made. I have not heard that. Uh, I don't know if I've heard it at all lately. That what did you say you're excited about the future is that what you just said I am I yeah have you have you heard other people say that lately because
1: that is not I don't um, come to think of it I don't think I've seen much of that it's been I feel like 2022 has been kind of trailing on
0: it's not it feels like 2021 still oh I, I, I right exactly not only am I still writing twenty one at the end of the dates, but I'm just like, I feel like this has just been like an ongoing year for three years, yes, and it's just I mean it's just weird it's it's a very weird time, and most of what I hear is that people are are leery and skeptical and scared of the future. people are like, "Oh, I don't want to have kids because I don't want to raise kids in this. we don't know what the future's gonna hold, whatever um I mean, there's just so much going on that's uncertain and it can be scary. Um, we can't do anything about it. Like, what? What are we gonna do? I know. I know. So, what? Like, what's something that you feel like that you can do to contribute to? That's worth being excited for.
1: Oh my gosh, that's such a good question. Thank you. <sighs> um, <laughs> to be honest, like, I think. Creating a better version of ourselves, because if we keep on this path of pessimism and not looking forward to the future, we're not really creating Mm -hmm. an environment that's worth living in. Mm. So I think that could manifest itself. And I say that very lightly because I don't like that word. Right. Um, I think that this could show that's a better word itself in a couple of different ways. That could be you setting a new goal for fitness. It could be you deciding that you want to read more books. It could be you quitting a job like I did. Um, It could be you filtering your friend, your friendless. It could be you extending forgiveness to people who need it. Um, That doesn't mean you going and talking to them face to face, but it's like in your quiet moments, you forgiving that person for whatever it is that they did make Think about the things that can make you a better person. And that can mean like, you might just need to sit down like at your dining room table like I am or sit on your back deck, like, you know, Catherine is right now. <laughs> really process the things that are going on in your life and figure out how you can be a better you so that we can have a better future that everybody's
0: excited about. Right. Goodness. Because, <laughs> I mean, we, we always trying to change everybody else. Well, you know, well, if they just do this and if, if, if the church would just do this and if the right. government would just do this and if my boss would just do this, like we always try to change everybody else. When really, if, if, if we could just get one thing changed yes. <laughs> about ourselves <laughs> for the positive, <laughs> that would make a world of difference to the people that at least we're connected to, which is our little world. Exactly. You know, I, I, can't, I can't do something for the, the world globally, but the world that's around me. Mm-hmm. Like the influence that I have with, mm-hmm. with, with the few people that I've got, right. like that makes a difference in the world because of the power of like exponential, whatever it is. Like what, what, there's like a statistic. And of course, I can't think of it right now because we're just completely going off the cuff here.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, or is it on the cuff? Off the cuff. It can be on or off the cuff. <laughs> right. But I mean, especially in social media <laughs> world, it's like, you know, if you can, if you can impact one person. And then right. that person has like the influence of say a hundred people. And then those hundred, I mean, like literally something that, that you or I say could impact millions. And exactly. we have no idea. Right. But it has to start with just where we are right now and not trying to like focus on like, okay, we gotta have, we gotta change the whole world. Right. Cause we're going to be like John Mayer. We're waiting on the world to change. Oh my gosh. <laughs> How prophetic was that song? like yeah
1: you're right it's a good song i love him
0: actually <laughs> i mean what was the what's the line that says something about um they they hold all the information or or and they can they can they can mix all the data because they have all the data like what was what's that line Ooh, i'm
1: gonna
0: need to look this up oh my i know i am too and any john mayer fans are gonna be like um what are you googling this right now because yes i, I definitely <laughs> <laughs> oh man um, when they something about when they rule the population with all with all the information they can rule the population that's what it is oh that's so good I, I, and I haven't looked it up yet but I think that's what it is oh yeah when yeah. They have one all day, the information
1: yeah. yeah one day our generation is going to rule the population so we keep on waiting waiting on the world to change
0: wait that's not the right line though hang on there's another one Yes, it's something about when they got all the information. (laughs) Mm. They can, oh, because, oh, and and when you trust your television, what you get is what you got because when they own the information, they can bend it all they want. Ooh. Ooh. John Mayer, the prophet. Listen here. The gospel of John Mayer, okay? (laughs) (laughs) And I'm upset with whoever I got those lyrics from. They should be fired. No, no, you, you, that's a different lyric. This is, oh. it's in the same song. Like you're okay. right. Yeah. It's just, I mean, it's a lot of words. There could be more than two lines in a song. Jeez, that was like, a lot like, of words.
1: <laughs> he basically wrote an essay. <laughs> Dang, John
0: <Andrew. laughs> Oh, I mean, there's a lot of things that I want to do to change the world. And I just, I get angry and I'm just like, I just want to shut up and just do nothing. But that obviously doesn't solve anything either. Um, and you and I being raised in church, which I think you were raised in church, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. We're yeah. raised in church. Um, this podcast is called Church Talks, not only because my last name is Church, but because I interview a lot of people that are in church currently, um, have been in church. And like, you know, we have conversations that deal with like deep issues like God and faith. But then we also have stuff that deals with entrepreneurship and Mm -hmm. and stresses and anxieties and, um, and hurts and addiction and like, you know, all kinds of stuff. And I feel like that the, the church as we know it could be, I mean, it it can be one of the the biggest like components to change in a positive way, Mm -hmm. but it can also be one of the things that can actually divide and segregate and cause people to turn away from God and Jesus in another way. Like, have you seen that in life?
1: Yes, absolutely. I've definitely seen it personally, um, and I've definitely seen it happen to other people. And it and it's unfortunate. And it's like you see the church as a beacon of hope and a beacon of healing for people, and to see that sometimes that's not so, eh, mm-hmm. kind of makes you cringe a little bit. So. That's Mm -hmm. why it's so important, um, especially for like our leaders in the church to have accountability and make sure that there are people that are um, anointed to be in those positions, not just appointed. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: For sure, because being a leader of the word is not just to fill a position. It is a calling. I will say that over and over and over again. And you know who who are the called people that are in those positions? And you know, who are the people that are just trying to fill a position and get a paycheck. And that's not what it's
0: about. Yeah. Well, I don't even think you and I have have ever talked about like our church experience in the past, but I can just like, I can hear from you that you've experienced some really incredible moments like in, in a local church gathering. And you've also experienced some things that probably made you question God altogether. Oh, 100%. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like I don't know if you want to expound on that or if you just want to say like, yes, but I'll, I'll let you decide how much you want to go into that. But I just I feel like that that's the case for, for me and you both.
1: Yeah, I have um, definitely felt like from the position of a fairly new divorcee, I do the church hurt that I've experienced and um, still kind of lingers Um, Was painful. Mm -hmm. And then also, um, aside from that, you know, being an active member in the local church and kind of seeing how, um, you know, going from a a pretty high capacity volunteer um, role went into dissolving and trying to, you know, find a different church and, still keep your relationships that you have at the church that you left. (laughs) Everything gets kind of a little muddy. And it's and in those moments, it's hard to see, like, God, what are you doing? And if if you're this loving God and you love me so much and you're for everybody and everything that's good, how could I feel so bad in a place where it's supposed to be all about you? And so Mm -hmm. I have experienced some very deep hurts, but I've also experienced the best joys and the, the highest of highs. Um, and it's, it's a beautiful thing to be honest. And it's so weird for me to say that on the, on this side of it, given everything that I've gone through, um, uh, in the church with the church, but it really is a beautiful thing. And if you can find people to, um, walk alongside you in whatever season it is that you're in, it doesn't matter what it is, <laughs> everything from, you know, forgiveness to grieving um, a, a loved one. Um, mm-hmm. There's people in the church and surrounding that can help you through that. So, um, it's it's hard to talk about church hurt sometime and not. Um, it's hard to talk about church hurt and there to be a positive outlook on it, is what
0: Ooh, right.
1: It's very hard because it's like, yes, this could potentially happen, but God is still good Mm -hmm. because it's people that hurt you, not God. And that's what honestly keeps me coming back to him because if I held so tightly and close fisted to the people that hurt me in the church, I would never have a relationship with Christ still, but I had to realize that it wasn't. it wasn't him that hurt me. It was them. And Mm -hmm. so um, I did speak briefly about forgiveness earlier in this podcast. And that's why it's so important. And I, and I talked about how it's not necessarily you meeting that person face to face and saying, I forgive you. That's something that you can do in your quiet time with Jesus or wherever you are,
0: Um,
1: because Jesus or forgiveness is between you and God about that person. It doesn't mean you have to meet them face to face. Um, At least that's what I've experienced in my own personal life. I know everybody's journey of forgiveness is different, so I don't want to put a one-size-fits-all on that. But, um, yeah, there's so many different levels to church hurt and um, church joys, to be honest. I want to use them in conjunction because I don't want to be so sobering and and so somber because— Exactly. You know, I do know, I mean, even aside from church hurt, even when you go through something that's difficult in life, you always know that there's, there is a hill and there is hope and there is a rainbow and there is a promise still on the other side of that. Um, So that's kind of how I view it. And that's what at least personally has helped me get through the things that I've, the tough times that I've gone through in my life so far.
0: Mm Mhm.
1: Yeah. It's a lot. I could talk for hours on that. And
0: this is why I like you on my podcast (laughs) because it makes my job really easy. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, so like just to to point out what may or may not be obvious to somebody um, by by ethnicity or whatever, you're black, I'm white. Mm -hmm. And I was raised in a predominantly white church. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Were you raised in a predominantly black church, or was it more diverse?
1: Um, starting out, it was a pro- predominantly black church, and then I started taking myself to church when I was sixteen, and that was a predominantly white church.
0: Okay. Um, I know when you moved back to North Carolina, and you were looking for a different church to get plugged into. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things, because I was like, okay, well, you know, here's a list of churches that I've heard of in this area. Whatever. Of course, I hadn't been to a lot of them, but I was Mm just like, you know, I know people that have good reviews and you went to one and you were pretty much like, I mean, I won't say you were opposed, but you were not a fan just because their entire leadership was white. Like there was no diversity. I think you even said like there's no diversity in their leadership.
1: Right. And,
0: and that means something, right? Like because I mean, whether or not it's church hurt, like there is something to be said about the, the body of believers as a whole, mm-hmm. not being segregated. And yet one of the most segregated places in the world right. is in local churches.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
0: <laughs> so it's like, have you, I mean, have you experienced church hurt just in being black?
1: Yeah, it's been, it's been really difficult because sometimes I'm like, you know, the churches that I have attached myself to over the years since I've since, 16 years of age and now 29, I, they have been, they started off as being more predominantly white and turned into being more diverse because I, that started to become more important to me. Uh Um, Just to to show representation of people that look like me. I'm like, I want somebody to talk to because there's certain things culturally that I, that I struggle with that I want to talk to somebody about that looks like me. And it's not to say that I couldn't get a good word from somebody that looks like you but there's just cer- certain cultural differences right. that needed to be met for the situation that I was dealing with. And that's why it's important to me to have somebody on leadership that looks like me, not just for that reason, but also, I mean, just think like in youth ministry, there there could be kids that are called to ministry in all forms, missions, worship. Mm-hmm. Children's pastors, lead pastors, um, office administration, because that's definitely a calling as well. And Mm -hmm. they're more inclined to do something. For one, they're going to do it for the Lord, of course, because that's who called them. But if somebody looks like them, it puts a whole nother level to things. Like it it feels like family. And it's really difficult when I hear a pastor saying, well, I look in the congregation and I see that this is how the kingdom of God is going to look. But we don't see that reflected on your staff. So are you saying that to hype up the congrega- congregation in the moment or do you really, mm. feel if you did, it would be reflected in your staff? Mm.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like I'm, I'm sitting here trying to think of, cause I mean, I, I go to a lot of churches on any given Sunday. I'm not, I'm not a, a member of any church right now. Um, I've, I've been in several denominations over the last <laughs> few years and I'm trying to think of one church that I've been to where there is a diverse staff. And I'm not talking about like, like in a black church, one white person or a white church, like one black person. I'm talking like where you can't tell a difference.
1: Right. Like the, right. Clo-
0: the closest thing that I've seen is the church that I was most recently a member of and connected to, which is Impact Church. And I will mm-hmm. give them a plug. Um, Impact Church Greensboro, like one of the most diverse churches that I've, I've been to ever. Mm-hmm. And I was so blessed to be able to serve in that church and be a youth pastor and um, lead in worship and like play. And we would we would travel to different churches. And I loved when we would, when we would go into predominantly black churches and yeah. they would look at us white people like like what y'all doing up in here? Oh my and goodness. I just, and I, I, I loved it. I felt like I fit right in. I didn't know I was white in those moments. So I'm just like, <laughs> I'm going to shout with the best of them. I'm like, go ahead and just give me, I'm going to be like doing a chicken wing praise dance over here. <laughs> like, you know, but I've also been in some predominantly black churches where I get looked at really funny. Right. Like I will roll up being the only vanilla person oh in God. the building. And wow. they're looking. I mean, it's just like, you know, they wearing their Sunday best and their hats, and I'm in jeans and a t-shirt. Mm-hmm. Oh <laughs> and, yeah, I know. You know, and it's okay, like for me, but I'm just like, man, this is just it's, it's just different. It but, is. But I mean, I'm I'm with you on that. Like diversity matters to me for a lot of reasons, not just for looks purposes, but because like there's a there's a certain level of understanding and empathy that goes along with somebody that can look like you and can actually be in your shoes with something that you've experienced culturally.
1: Right. Exactly. Yeah. Important. So important. And it's sometimes, I mean, well, after I said that, and as you've been expressing some things that you've been talking about, I was just thinking, I'm like, well, sometimes it can't be diverse because where the church is just isn't diverse. There's mm-hmm. that too. But it's kind of like, how are you going to combat that? And I'm not saying that like every single church in America should be like, I should have black people. I should have Asians. I should have Mexican people, but it definitely should be considered for sure. And if you don't have that in your leadership, you could, should think, why don't I?
0: Yeah. Um, (laughs) Representation is very important. Well, and (laughs) like, you know, we were talking earlier and um, like in a, in a phone conversation, not on here. And so I asked your permission to, to go here. And one thing that, that, I do not like to talk about, but I'm going to talk about because it is uncomfortable and it mm-hmm. is controversial. And it probably needs to be talked about more is um, it's like the political aspect of it and how that in a lot of ways gets brought into the church mm-hmm. and um, and into like Americanized Westernized Christianity that like, if you're a Christian, well you need to be voting politically this way right. and, or, or if you are this color then you need to vote politically this way. Mm-hmm. And what you and I have, you know, talked about, I don't I don't vote uh, one way or another because I mean, I feel like both are flawed. Right. <laughs> like both both parties are flawed. Right. But, you know, but if, if if I was honest, most of the people that I know that are white Christians are going to be voting more conservatively. Mm-hmm. Most of the people that I know that are black Christians or mm-hmm. you know, whether Christians or not, they're going to be voting more liberally and you can title it republican democrat democrat whatever and so one thing that you know that you and i have, have talked about is that we have a, a, a maybe countercultural um unpopular opinion mm-hmm. that might get us publicly flogged in the streets like <laughs> i don't know i mean like a lot of the people that i know would would maybe disagree with how i vote or how i believe and, and that's okay. Like you're entitled to your beliefs and I am too. And so that's what, what you've said, like, what, what, what is your take and what have you experienced on, on that view of whatever it is, political stuff, governmental stuff?
1: Yeah. I, um, and it's it's so difficult for me. I honestly remember myself standing in line at the last presidential election, looking at the differences between Democrats and Republicans and feeling so conflicted because I Mm -hmm. knew that, how I was raised fit the Democratic democratic bill, but how, right. like what I believe fundamentally right now, right then was more Republican. And I mm-hmm. felt like if I voted as a Democrat, I was relinquishing my black culture. And then if I was voting as a Republican, I was saying, I was basically saying, I'm not black, I'm white. Mm. And I feel like that is, such a flawed way for me to see it. But that was my conflict in that moment. And I was like sweating, going to the podium, trying to figure out who I was supposed to vote for. And mm. my beliefs fit the Republican bill. And in that moment, I was like, <gasps> my family's going to mm. disown me. Mm. Because I was raised to think that I am black. I vote democratic. If you are white, you vote Republican. And that was a paradigm shift for me. And I'm like, no, no, I vote based on what's closest to my Christian beliefs. Yeah. And that honestly leans more conservatively than liberally, which is democratic and even saying it feels weird. And (laughs) I've been in this place recently since the last election where I just want to gain more knowledge and, I wasn't trying to pick a side. Honestly, I was choosing Jesus, and I just had to choose what represented him more. And like you said, both are flawed. There's yeah. flaws on both. I'm just choosing, honestly, the lesser of two evils. <laughs> True,
0: <Shoot. laughs>
1: it's what I it know. seems like. And you know, I I would love to have more conversations with black men and women who vote democratically, and. I, And I want to ask them why they do so. Not because I want to have an argument, not because I want to change their stance, but I just want to know why. Is it just because that's how you were raised and you you weren't given any additional information or is it truly what you believe And either or is that's what you believe? But I do feel like you'd be doing yourself an injustice if you did not do your own research to see the differences between the two and really research both for yourself and then draw your own conclusion so if there's any advice that i could give to anybody who's kind of like oh she's black and she's a republican she must be crazy she must not be really black do your Mm -hmm. research look at the differences between the two and figure out which one you kind of align more with and it's like what you said i talk about politics very Delicately, because it is so divisive for people. It tears apart. Right. Food, it tears apart marriage. It tears apart friendships, and I hate it. And I also hate the way that politics is um, outlined in the media. It's like you don't know which outlet to trust. You don't know who, which reporter is reporting the truth, and and who isn't. So, I mean, there's a lot of research to figure out. You know, what news outlets that you can even watch. And honestly. I've been watching a lot of stuff on YouTube lately.
0: (laughs) I'm realizing that it's just not more accurate. Yeah.
1: It's not as censored as, you know, your, you know, um, MSNBC or your Fox news or your CNN. And that's just research that I've done on my own. So like I said, um, a lot of my family doesn't know (laughs) my (laughs) political stance, but you know, it's worth having a conversation over if anything.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. And and that's why like I, I, I love this this conversation you and I are having. Um, I love the the vulnerability in this. I love that this podcast opens a, a platform to be able to talk about stuff like this, mm-hmm. because you can't. And I, and I will say you can't. People choose not to have conversations like this, um, in a lot of uh, of circles, whether it's in church, whether it's at a, at a coffee shop or whatever, because it can be so divisive. And. You know, neither one of us are, are trying to persuade the other to think or believe like the other one. It's just saying like, hey, I, I have my own brain and I have my own like uh, like ability to to think and, and perceive things and to observe things. And I can make my own decision and not feel like I am pressured by someone else's bias or prejudice or the way they were taught and the way they were raised. Because, you know, you, you and I were raised differently in some ways, but also similarly, similarly in others. Right. And we can still, at this point in our adult life, make our own decisions. Mm-hmm. And not feel like we have to be um, forced or obligated to think a certain way or, or choose a certain option.
1: Exactly. exactly. But,
0: yeah, I just, I love that about you. And, man, well, we're going we're gonna to wrap this thing up. Cause we could we could seriously talk for hours, and I feel like we have covered a lot of ground. Mm-hmm. And you are incredible. You're a phenomenal speaker. Um, just oh, like just your your ability to um, what what is the, the what's the verb like? Uh, almost like you're an orator. But what would be the verb of, of orator? I don't like you Google it. you
1: orate. Oh, <laughs> maybe that is it. Yeah.
0: Well, <laughs> you know, in the dictionary, there are all kinds of words that you won't find in the webster Miriam <laughs> Um, or is it Merriam-Webster? Whatever.
1: I think that is uh, right, though.
0: <laughs> so, it's fun, But I'm going to ask you a couple of, a, by a couple, I mean like four um, rapid fire questions okay. in this wrapping up. But yeah. what? what's your favorite scent?
1: Um, eucalyptus.
0: Dang, girl. I just hung up some fresh eucalyptus in my shower mm-hmm. last week that I got from Trader Joe's. And it has completely changed the whole scent of my bathroom is oh yeah it's it's real fresh (laughs) yeah it's good and i hear it's good for sinuses so you know approaching pollen season like i am Mm -hmm. i am here for it um so do you make your bed in the mornings i do okay that's that's (laughs) awesome um what is something that immediately can bring you joy sunflowers Mm. okay (laughs) um If you could know when your last day on earth would be, would you want to? No. Okay. If you were a character on Winnie the Pooh, which one would you be?
1: Oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) I've only seen it once and I think I was like napping.
0: Stop it. I'm so serious. What?
1: (laughs) I don't know. Can I be like the food that he ate? Can I be like the honey? (laughs)
0: oh my god (laughs) said no one ever okay you're gonna be the honey Mm -hmm. that Pooh bear eats okay Mm -hmm. okay wow you're gonna be the honey um would you consider consider yourself an introvert or an extrovert
1: Ooh, i think i'm more introverted now okay
0: i i could almost say that about myself which i never thought that i would say that or not in the last at least like Latter half of my life, like right. since I was sixteen, I've been definitely more extroverted. But these days, I'm like, mm, I just kind of want to live off the grid. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> it's terrible. Um, so do you know your Enneagram number? hmm I'm a three-wing two. Dang. Okay, girl. Um, have you found that to be helpful, like the Enneagram, as far as knowing yourself and knowing people?
1: Yes. So I'm the achiever, and my wing is the helper. So mm-hmm. I, I get burnt out. Real quick, because I'm always achieving, 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 to-do list. What's next? What's next? So it's hard for me to relax. So yeah. that's when, when I was talking about earlier about protecting my peace. That's why it's so important for me because I'm spinning my wheels all day trying to make sure that I achieve and get a win. And sometimes all I need to do is sit down and watch Sweet Magnolias. Come We're in a good place.
0: Like you're doing tonight. Correct. And
1: then the <laughs> wing two is the helper. So that's the other thing still about protecting your peace. I can't help everybody. And you definitely can't help people that don't want to help themselves.
0: Hmm. you know what <laughs> we're gonna end on that one okay sounds so good <laughs> man is there sorry, is there anything else that you want to mention before we before we log off of here
1: no thank you so much for having me as always it's such a pleasure i can't wait for the next time
0: well thank you i can't You're either it's gonna you, happen it is i know it is and <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna see you on friday with axe in hand yep i cannot and wait I, Look, my friend, my friend told my other friend the other day that she was going to kick her axe. <laughs> so I gonna go ahead and just let it be known. I'm going to kick your axe. Sounds okay. good. I'm waiting for it. All right. Well, thank you so much. And thank you, everybody that has listened. And this has been another episode of Church Talks.